Summer is about here, and with it comes oppressive heat, barbecues, and mind-numbing game shows on network television. Speaking of mind-numbing, welcome to the Lollygaggers Podcast, because in this episode, Justin hits the second season of One Punch Man, while Jeff hits Cloud Nine with Netflix's The Society. For challenges, Sega Dreamcast returns with Shenmue, and we're apparently supposed to laugh at a bunch of teenage murder and tragedy girls. Welcome to episode 54 of the Lollygaggers Podcast, a show about all sorts of different things, from comics to games, movies to TV. I am one of your hosts, Jeff. I'm the one, Justin. How's it going, buddy? It's going all right, man. Uh, we uh, we went to Phoenix Fan Fusion this past weekend, uh, which is is Phoenix is a, is formerly known as like Phoenix Comic Con, but I guess because of like legalities and such, they had to change their name. And this is like oh, I thought sp- it was like a mixture of cuisines, like Asian and Mexican type of stuff. <laughs> fan Fan Fusion, though. Oh, okay, my bad. Splicing fans of various genres together. No, it's pretty good. I was just I was just mentioning uh, before we started recording, and I wanted to mention on a podcast. Like we started, uh, we started doing. My wife and I went, so we went, and there was this whole place, uh, this whole section of the exhibitor hall that was all like retro gaming. And I was like in cl- on cloud nine, man. Like I was like wandering around. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, N64, oh my god, NES, like original Mario Bros. I had original Mario Bros. And then there's like all sorts of stuff from like Sega Dreamcast, Sega Saturn, like all sorts of different Nintendos. And then there was basic arcade cabinets, which was awesome. Uh, we played Area 51. You ever play Area 51? Remember that old game? Yeah, that's that's like a, the stand up, the stand up. Yeah, it's a stand up on rails. I used to shooter. love that one. That's like before- oh man. Before Time Cops or whatever that time whatever you know what I'm talking about oh uh, t- yeah 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 on uh, yeah yeah time oh man Time Splitters Time, time called- Splitters on my eyes. there's one where you use your, the 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 pedal that one ended up being better but before yeah. that Area 51 was was the yeah. So we played Area 51, which was crazy fun. Uh, I was uh, I was a little bit more accurate, just gonna say, but that's fine. She, uh, whatever. Uh, we also played NBA Jams. Do you remember NBA Jams? Two v two. It's from the nineties. So we played uh, we played Chicago Bulls. He's on fire. Exactly. That's the one. That's the one. And so uh, so I I was the Chicago Bulls. She was. Did you uh, put on the big Knicks. head mode and play with Bill. Clinton? No, we didn't put it on big head mode, but I wanted to. Uh, but like. I, I technically I technically won the game, but we started in the second quarter after a couple other people already played and left, and like my team was already up. So technically, my wife won because she she certainly outscored me. So I think she uh, she deserved a win on that one. Uh, so that was pretty cool. She kept like blocking all my shots with Patrick Ewing. So that was fun. Uh, then there was like an MK2 cabinet, which was hilarious because like back that was my that was my yeah, that was my jam back in back in the early nineties. Like I I actually competed in a mall. Mortal Kombat 2 tournament back in uh, back back in Boynton Beach, Florida, like years and years ago. Uh, so that was fun. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So all sorts of cool stuff going on, and then we just like went around the the exhibitor hall. We bought some art for the house, so that's cool. Uh, but it's pretty good, pretty good time. I don't know if we could if we could ever do like multiple days because uh, it's just like overwhelming. But because uh, there's just so much stuff, and uh, we're not really we're not really cosplayers, but like there's some pretty pretty awesome cosplay and there was also some really bad cosplay like man those are sometimes uh, better than the ones that put a lot of effort into it <laughs> there was one there's one one year i saw where there was a credible hulk the guy was like maybe 
320 pounds and not in shape at all and he was like in line for something and he's just like so uncomfortable okay so my two favorite cosplays and for different reasons one was a group of people like middle-aged people you know probably 30s and 40s 50s maybe and they were cosplaying uh galaxy quest and so there was one woman that was dressed up like Sigourney it's Weaver. Yeah, good. and so like, and they were, but not only that, were they dressed up perfectly, but they were pushing the brilliant sphere, a uh, sphere, like, or I think it was brilliant sphere. Yeah, the thing that they got from the the planet. And so like the whole time they're just pushing this big old sphere around. <laughs> they're like three people. They're just constantly pushing it, and I'm just like, God, that's, I mean, amazing commitment, but that is honestly, a lot of commitment and dedication. But really I could to everybody else at the place. Well, it's really easy for people to get out of your way, so you never have to worry about you know kind of competing with uh, with other people in the hallway. So, so anyway, that was this weekend. It was pretty fun. Uh, I wish there was more like tabletop board game stuff going on, but there are some things here and there. But uh, yeah, 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 it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Good, some amazing artists out there, uh, and I actually recognize some comic stuff. So as I thanks to this podcast. So You're Justin, welcome. ah yeah. So Justin, what have you been doing the past couple of weeks? Um, I've been really busy with a lot of stuff. I've been, uh, you know, the whole move stuff's coming up. You can, I can actually like talk about it now. I don't know if we talked about it a ton in the last podcast, but I'm moving to Colorado here in a couple of weeks. Other than that, it's just been a lot of video games, uh, and TV shows. So that's been pretty much it. Anything you want to, uh, share with the old podcast? Well, one in particular is I'm really excited that I came back and I, I did a little, uh, a little, um, I guess, a binge of it recently is the second season of one punch man came out and did you ever watch the first season uh no i have not i have not done so that. so let's kind of talk about this i love one punch um it's basically it's a satire of of all and, and like a, a a breakdown and uh uh like mirror towards all other anime and uh which is why i love it a lot because it's really funny so basically, it's about this guy named uh, Saitama, who is a, uh, he's this guy, so in this in this world, there's heroes everywhere, um, and there's villains everywhere, and monsters, and so there's like a classification system of a lot via kind of like a, the Civil War thing from Marvel Comics, where if you have special abilities, you register yourself with a certain community, and you kind of get ranked, and you can kind of like patrol certain areas. So Sadama is a guy who uh, was once just a regular dude, and he saw a kid get uh, killed by a, a monster villainous type of thing around him, and he kind of trained really hard, and one day became the the best uh, hero of all time, but like nobody knows who he is. And so you got all these flashy characters and stuff, and what's great about the show is everyone kind of has these long monologues and ridiculous talking and, and, and funny like names for their their fighting styles and stuff and he's just a dude that just kind of straight face and doesn't care and just like uh, uh he, he kind of beats everyone with one punch and everyone's trying to strive to be as awesome as him uh at least those who are really aware of who he is because he's kind of like always under the radar no one really knows who he is well the second season came out the first season was more kind of focused on like interplanetary types of characters and stuff like that and there was a lot of tongue-in-cheek stuff moments against like dragon ball z this season there's about uh, eight episodes out and they start to learn that there is a, I guess, kind of like a black market group of heroes where if they don't want to be part of the main organization, they kind of create their own little subgenres, subgroups. There's even a, a monster organization where they kind of like rank themselves as monsters. So it's almost like there's there's a ranking system for heroes and a ranking system for bad guys. 
And so uh, Sadama is a, is a guy who is just kind of wants to kind of like learn how to be, you know, is there people out there that are better than him? He's trying to always trying to find an actual challenge, but everyone seems to be just a joke compared to him. Meanwhile, there's a sub story in the background of all these monsters are coming together and just attacking the city left and right. And it's almost like some weird type of like plague has hit the city where, uh, all these different monsters because they usually come like once in a great while but now like the frequency is a lot higher and like you get all these kaiju and all these different types of bad guys popping up and the the organization doesn't understand what's going on so you keep on seeing like new groups of people and every one of these groups of people are kind of like jokes about different genres of animes and they're kind of like poking fun and deconstructing the different types of uh, of ridiculous uh, genres and stuff. There's so many characters, and they're all so funny and silly. Like there's a there's a hero that looks like he's made of pineapples, and he's called Pineapple Man. But like it's dumb and it's silly, but they like take him seriously. And so it's like it's also also making fun of like My Hero Academia and all that stuff. It's it's a satire that kind of like deconstructs the idea of how silly these types of things are. Meanwhile, the best character is just this plain guy. That looks like he's wearing, uh, he, he looks like Mr. Clean, but no buffness to him. He's just a regular dude with no hair, and he just annihilates people whenever he fights them, and he never gets hurt. And so it's kind of funny how they make that work, because you think that a, a concept like that would be so silly and stupid and so hard to keep building off of, but it's really interesting and very, very funny. And I, I got to watch more of the, the second season today. And uh, this past couple days, and it's just a, a really, really funny and great show. And what's best about it, it is probably the best animation I've seen in any anime show ever. Um, for such for a character that's so simple and so kind of like silly, there's so many different genres that they use across different types of episodes because they try and make fun of like uh, old 1990s anime, Dragon Ball Z stuff. You know, new like uh, My Hero Academia stuff. But there's all these different types of styles and they mix together. And when fight scenes actually do happen, it looks beautiful. It's one of the best looking animes I've ever seen. And then the story on top of it is just really simple and funny. And you notice that they're just kind of like really making fun of, uh, of, of this thing. On top of it, uh, Bill Burr actually watched it not too long ago, which I thought was so funny that Bill Burr watches anime. But he says that he's a fan of One Punch because he's just like, the way he described it was, it's just a dude, like everybody else, that he worked real hard, put his head down, got his job done, and he became the best. And it kind of makes people want to strive to be like that too. Like, they always ask him, like, what did he do to train to become as best he was? He goes, oh, I ran five miles a day, a thousand setups, a thousand push-ups, and uh, I just ate eggs and had salads, and he became like the strongest person ever. And like, you think that he's making jokes, but it's all real, like that's what he did. Um... So, I love it. Uh, the, the big storyline for this uh, season two is this guy named Guru, who's like a, uh, the, he calls himself the hero hunter monster. He thinks of himself as a monster, and he's like trained from an older, uh, an older uh, uh, hero. And so he's kind of like he's an allegory for all those types of like the, the, uh, the pupil becomes the master type of thing. And he's like made up this big bad guy, and you just know that whenever he meets up with, because uh, he hasn't met Saitama yet, and whenever he meets him up, meets up with him, it's just going to be a hilarious scenario because he's so serious and so like, and so terrible, and Saitama is just like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I'm just looking forward to seeing that meeting. It's it's eight episodes in. I think each season is about 
17 to 18. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this uh, season. So that's One Punch Season 2. It's it's on Hulu right now. It's all uh, subtitled. So if you like to read, uh, it's good for you. And there's a lot of talking in the show. Because it's actually very heavy dialogue and not a ton of fighting. But when the fighting does happen, it's just it's superb. So One Punch Man is what I've been watching. What have you been doing? So it's summertime, right? And so I, I got I got I got I got work starting tomorrow again, but I've got like two weeks off for the past two weeks, and so I've been doing a bunch of Netflixing. Uh, I've been reading a bunch of comics, reading a bunch of Netflixing. I'll be talking about comics in future episodes, but today uh, I want to talk about at least one, maybe two, uh, of the shows that I have uh, recently binged. Now I will also mention that just a couple days ago. Justin, you should you should know this. Uh, Riverdale season three dropped on Netflix, so I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, uh, I've, I've only watched the first episode of uh, of season three. That was several months ago because I was going to try to keep up with it on the CW app, and and I didn't keep up with it. Uh, but I have caught up on the hundred, uh, so that's fun. Uh, and so I'm completely up to date, and I'm watching because the hundred is still airing, and uh, I keep watching on the on the CW app on Wednesdays. I guess I'm watching it, uh, so that's cool. Uh, but the Netflix, uh, Netflix dropped a couple different, uh, the Netflix, it sounds like I'm a 70 year old. Uh, uh, so Netflix dropped, uh, a couple new series recently, uh, and I have been watching them. And so one of them is called the society. Okay. So it's called the society. And, and Justin, this, this show is so much in my wheelhouse. It's ridiculous because it, you know, I saw this it's, and it's, I was like, it's total, it's total that. teen I'm melodrama, right? right so that's, you know, Riverdale. Hello. That's my thing. So that's one of my wheelhouses. And then it's like high concept, like supernatural mystery on top of it. And you just merge those two things together. And I'm like, I'm like a pig and shit, man. Like I'm just rolling around having fun. So uh, I, I, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the society. So here's the premise. Okay, so the society, it's up on Netflix. There's 10 episodes, season one. There damn well better be a season two or I'm, I'm storming someone's castle. I don't know who it is. But it's created by uh, Christopher Kaiser. Uh, and it stars a couple. It doesn't have like a, a hugely well-known cast, to be honest. Uh, it's a bunch of uh, younger folks. Uh, so Catherine Newton, who plays Allie Pressman, and then her sister is probably a person that you and I definitely would recognize. Uh, it's Rachel Keller, uh, who is in uh, who is who plays Cassandra or Cassie Pressman, her, her older sister. Uh, she's in uh, FX's Legion. Uh, so you, you you would recognize her if you saw her. Other than that, pretty much everybody in the show I did not recognize. So here's the premise. Uh, we are in West Ham, uh, Connecticut. So we are in some relatively relatively affluent area in the Northeast. And there's a bunch of high school kids. And we're in a, we're in a small, kind of close-knit, but again, affluent town. But there's some kind of weird thing going on lately where they're having some weird smell. So it's like some sort of sewer problem maybe going on. And... After like this, uh, this play that they had at the high school was, you know, like went on. They the next day, like they went on. Like most of the the, the teens from high school went on a uh, on a field trip uh, that they were sponsored by. It was supposed to be a multi day trip where they were gonna go and like uh, be in some sort of natural. Uh, uh, I think it was some sort of some sort of nature thing or something. Something before I can't remember the exact specifics of what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, but they were supposed to go on this big old this big old multi day trip, uh, and then hopefully during that time they would probably clean up the smell again because it like it was there. Then it, then it, then they fixed it, and then it came back again. And so they're like, we don't want to sit in the town while this thing this thing reeks. So they're all on buses and they're going and they're having their you know their their grand old time. Uh, but then uh, they fall asleep because it's a long road trip, 
And then they wake up with the bus driver saying, hey, there's been a change of plans. Uh, we dropped you off back at home. And so earlier in the day when they got on the buses, there was like this big thing. There were all these parents there. You know, everyone was saying goodbye to everybody, et cetera, et cetera. Now, when they return, it's like middle of the night. It's like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, something like that. They're getting dropped off in the exact same location, and there's nobody around, none whatsoever. And it's kind of like eerie, especially when they play the eerie music that lets you know that you should be unsettled by this. Otherwise, like it's 2 or, two or 3 o'clock in the morning. It makes sense that there's no one around. But – their phones all work, right? So oh, I can't, it can't be too problem. But like, no one's responding. Like, no, no parents are answering their phones or responding to texts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so they all begin to spread out and go to their, go to their different homes. And there's no one around. There's no one in the homes. Their younger, non-high school, non-attractive siblings aren't around. Their parents aren't around. Their neighbors aren't around. There's nobody around. Like the church is empty, the high school is empty, their homes are empty, all electricity works, running water, et cetera, et cetera. So everyone's just like, okay, maybe this was just some sort of evacuation thing because of the smell. So we'll just, you know, we'll just go to sleep and maybe in the morning people will know what's going on. And some of them obviously do that. Others, because they're teenagers and there's no one around, go and have a party. And so they have a party and they get drunk, et cetera, et cetera. There's a ton of alcohol, by the way, like an absolute an absolute ton of alcohol in this place more than it just doesn't doesn't really make sense i think i don't think i don't think that makes sense so anyway next day comes around and uh so they again no one's responding still and so a, a group of a group of teens start to look around and like okay well let's just drive over to the next town that makes sense and so as they get on the road and they start driving down they go to the road that's like gonna leave town and lo and behold there is a forest blocking it as if it just grew up out of there and like the road just like goes into the forest, but like it stops. It's like it's blocked by trees. And then there's like another road and a bridge. All of them just seem to as if as if the, the forest has overgrown this particular area. And people start getting a little freaked out by this. A little strange, a little, a little curious. Uh, and so they don't know what's going on. And like, you know, another day goes by or so. And no one's responding to texts. No one's saying anything. They haven't heard from anybody. People are starting to freak out. What's going on? Where are we? You know, like, where is everybody, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just crazy mystery. So they uh, they put together this small group of, uh, of people to go kind of scout. I'm like, okay, well, let's just go into the forest then. But, but you know, that doesn't go well. And I won't say exactly how that doesn't go well, but they don't find anything, more or less, is what, what, what happens, right? So what we have here then is a TV show. Where an entire town in West Ham, Connecticut, this affluent town, there's no adults. It's all high school teenagers now. They can't figure out whether or not they're the last remaining town after some sort of major cataclysmic or nuclear event, and they just happen to not have been affected by it. They can't tell if their entire town has been like picked up and teleported to a different planet, if this is like a parallel worlds thing. It gets all crazy and trippy and they cringeworthy talk, you know, about this kind of stuff from time to time. Like, are we in a different planet? They look at like the stars and the constellations, to try to figure stuff out. There's just like creepy eclipse that transpires. And as far as they know, they they don't see anything. Like there's no planes flying overhead, you know, the internet doesn't work. The TVs don't really show anything. All they have is kind of like a closed network communication. So their phones, they can still text each other and stuff like that. But beyond that, they can't do anything. And so that's like the big mystery premise that's established pretty much in the first episode. Now, most of the show revolves around the society that they try to develop 
while being stuck here. So it's kind of got this Lord of the Flies thing going on. We're like, what society are we going to have absent of actual law enforcement, absent of actual laws and people to enforce and, and, and write those laws. And so these kids are just trying to figure it out as they go, which is never a good thing because some of them just want to like have fun and do what they want to do. And they're used to being rich and having everything that they want and they don't really want to share. Other people are trying to be prudent and they're trying to be like, okay, we need to be careful. We need to share food. We need to, you know, share resources. We need to, you know, shoulder the burden of labor uh, across the entire, you know, ent entire society. And like, there's all of that different melodrama that plays out. Plus there are a bunch of horny teenagers. So there's all sorts of stuff going on there. You know, uh, there's naturally there's one or two people that are a little bit psycho. And so that's an interesting issue. A couple people get killed, uh, sometimes accidentally, sometimes not so accidentally. There's a murder at one point, And so they have to figure that thing out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and there's a this poison and oh, it's just it's it's crazy. It's just crazy, man. It's just mystery melodrama with some sort of strange supernatural element. Uh, and yeah, so this the the first season. I've watched all ten episodes. Uh, there are some really strange uh, things that don't make sense. Uh, you really kind of have to look away every now and then. And uh, there's a couple plot holes from time to time that are kind of confusing. But overall, I actually found it a really fascinating show. Um, it felt a little like the hundred in the sense that they're trying to they're like they're sending a bunch of young people to, to as like they're in charge of sort of saving society and like how do you actually work this out once you have power uh but unlike the hundred it stays isolated right it stays to just this this group this there so they have to deal with each other you know and how does that work out so you have like one like the group of the like the athletes, the football players, they become like the guards. So they're like the law enforcement. They're like the cops or the military. And then you have like, you know, the the president of the student body. She sort of becomes the de facto leader, right? And then is when is there going to be a council? And it kind of turns into socialism where everyone has to do a specific job that they're assigned over time. But then some people are rebelling against that, right? So there's all sorts of interesting storylines that go on there. There's some really interesting characters too. There's a fairly big cast. Um I would say not all, not all the the people on the show are the most interesting in the world, uh, but there's a handful I think that stand out from time to time. Uh, I think the show centers mostly around Catherine Newton's Allie Pressman, um, who is the younger of two sisters. Uh, she's sort of thrust into a leadership role at one point, unprepared to do so. Um, there's a couple other really interesting characters as well. I like I like uh, Grizz, who is a football player who is planning on going to USC and just like abandoning his his friends. And he's also a, uh, he's also just just beginning to come out of the closet. Uh, uh, so that's kind of an interesting thing that transpires. Um, so yeah, and there's there's really interesting storylines that that sort of transpire. Uh, but if you really like teen melodrama and you really like high concept weird stuff like. Twin Peaks lost, like what the hell's going on? We need answers type of stuff. It's a really good show. Uh, a really good show. I, I would definitely watch it. It's really good summer summer viewing, I think. Uh, but it's called The Society. It's up on Netflix. You can get all 10 episodes right now. I encourage everyone just to take a day, you know, and just watch all 10. Just watch all 10. It'll be fun. Yeah, I saw, I saw this immediately and I was like, I'm not even going to challenge him to it because this is a show he's going to already watch. complete. So. Quiz me right now. I'll 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 crush it. <laughs> All right, yeah. So anyway, that's the society. That's one of the couple of series I'll be walking about over the course of the next couple of episodes. I'll probably talk about more because uh, I still want to talk about like yes, yeah, it's, it's like a summer like series of TV shows we're going to be cranking out here. I'm going to be watching yeah. ten too because I'll be traveling a whole bunch here 
back and forth in Colorado, so I got a whole bunch I'm at the nice. lineup for myself. A bunch of HBO got to watch too. So I just started I have, up I True Detective. I yeah, just got to watch that. Yeah, and just I haven't even started three. the second season of Westworld yet either. They got a whole bunch of stuff. Oh about. wow, wow. So like end of Game of Thrones, they had the uh, the promos, and one of the promos was for Westworld, and it was Aaron Paul, and it like it was like a whole different series, man. I'm like I'm like, ooh, what series is this? And then it ends up being Westworld at the very end. It was like such a cool little. I kept waiting for him to say bitch, you know, but he didn't. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, that's it for uh, for this week's uh, this week's banter breakdown, whatever the hell we call this thing. Now, uh, we're gonna head over and we're gonna do some challenges for this week. You ready, Justin? Okie dokie, Smokey. And now it's time for the gentleman's challenge. So the Gentleman's Challenge is a segment we do here on the Lollygaggers podcast where Justin and I like to give each other a little homework assignment. This homework assignment usually involves watching a couple episodes of a TV show, maybe a movie, maybe playing a game or reading a comic. And then to ensure that we completed said homework, we come back on the next episode and we quiz each other about it. Now we should warn you that everything we talk about here is going to be spoiler heavy. So if there is a game or a movie or a TV show that we uh, we aim to discuss that you don't want to be spoiled about yet, it's best to go experience and experience that for yourself before you listen in to this segment. Uh, with that in mind, Justin, uh, who, who, who's going first? Me, you, me, you, you, me, me, you. Uh, I'll go first, I guess, because the my my thing is super spoiler heavy. I hope no one's played the game from 1997 on Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> okay, so. go for it. It was originally Sega Saturn, I think, but yeah. So uh, the game I got this this uh, week was Shenmue. Uh, this was donated to me by my brother because he's awful and I hate him. Um, it's a 1999 Sega Dreamcast game, and it's described as action-adventure, interactive cinema, and life simulation. All right, that's how it was described. Action adventure, not so much. Everything else, yes. So um, basically, so let's talk about what this was. In 1999, Sega Dreamcast came out, and they had a few games it came out with. Uh, my brother was reminding me of a couple. One was called Choo Choo Rocket. It was a really fun, like a little, uh, 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 like a puzzle game. There was like a dance game, uh, like Studio. Oh, I forget what it was called, but like this girl would dance and stuff like that. It was kind of like a. Uh, Parappa the Rapper type of game before like that's that's like that's like Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero came out, and so Shenmue was one of the flagship games that came out with Dreamcast, and so at the time Shenmue was the most audacious project ever made. It was the most expensive uh, production of a game ever at the time it was forty seven to seventy million dollars between the actual creation of the game to the marketing and all that stuff. And at the time, it was revolutionary. And I remember when I played it when I was a kid, I thought it was amazing. I played it when I was like 12. I was like, And I played it with my brother. Jeremy would watch me play it. And I would go through the whole game. And there was some things in it that were brand new. Like, you could... There was QTE, so quick time events, where certain things would happen and you had to press left, right, X, Y, whatever it would have to be to react in time. If you didn't, you'd lose that challenge. You'd have to do it all over again. So I believe my brother would have the best time watching that when I would screw that up and I'd have to do it like five or six times over and over again. So QTE was in, was introduced with uh, Shenmue. Also, what was a big component in this game, which was also revolutionary at the time, which was kind of involved in the N64 game uh, with the Majora's Mask game, but there was a time element with this game. So 
basically certain events would trigger at certain times in the day after you trigger events beforehand. For example, if I went and talked to somebody, I'd have to talk to them saying in the morning, they would say, come back here at four o'clock. And I had to come back at four o'clock and do that thing. And then the next event would trigger. And so what it would create is time would pass by. You'd have to do things to kind of fill that time. So that was also a big pioneer thing. This is before Grand Theft Auto. This is before everything, like Skyrim, all that stuff before, all, all stuff that, that you've, you've played now. This kind of like pioneer, pioneered the idea of storytelling in an area with some type of sequence and time-based events that create a narrative story over time. And so it was just kind of like a, a, a real trailblazer for that. So going into this, I was excited. It's been a while. That's a lie. That's a bullshit lie. Because when I when I excited to you, you were like you were so mad right off the bat, like instinctual. It's because Jeremy's been bothering me about it forever. He's been bothering me about it forever. I didn't really want to play it, but I was like, you know, I gotta play it. This should be fine. So then I start the game. The voice acting really good. Um, However, like. For the, I'm saying for the time, it was good. The uh, interactions, good for the time. But now that it's 2019, and I've been spoiled with riches over the past 30 years of playing video games, this game sucks. It is so bad. Um, for what it was at the time, amazing. But for now, right? But then the question is, though, I is it, it fair to judge a game so much. from 1997? Okay. Okay. It is absolutely not, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right, so you're you're right in your in your in your thought process, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right, so here's why this game sucks now. All right, and again, I I prefaced it with a lot of great stuff that I enjoyed about it back in 1999, but this is why the game sucks now. All right, I have to say, go meet someone in the morning. Okay, so if I want to go meet someone in the morning, and it is 12 o'clock in the afternoon the day previously. There is no time jump mechanic, right? So, you know, like in, um, let's say, Fallout or something, you can just go sit on a bench and have time go by, you know what I mean? So you can do the next thing you have to do. There is none of that for this. You have to experience the time. Time must go by. So I was looking at the, 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 like the average gameplay time for this. It's 20 hours. The reason why it is 20 hours, there's probably only about five hours of gameplay in this game. But the reason it is linked to 20 hours is because that's how much time must pass in between each event. And it is ridiculous. There is one instance where I had to go buy tickets to get on a boat. And I had to go to a travel agency. Went to the travel agency. So so I did this this yesterday, right? Went to the travel agency. They said, uh, go talk to your, go back to your house. Go back to the house. Do something. I have to go to bed. You can't go to bed till eight o'clock. So it's three o'clock in the afternoon in this game. So I have to wait for the time to go by. Go to bed. Then I have to wake up. Go back. So they say we can't help you with that. You have to go to another travel agency. Go to the other travel agency. They say come back in four hours. I just stepped outside the door. Waited four hours in the game, which is equated to maybe about twenty minutes in real time. Then they say come. I will call you in the morning. So I had to go back to my house. Wait for the time to go by till eight o'clock. When eight o'clock hit, went to bed. Woke up. Then another event happened where you have to meet us at the arcade at 12 o'clock. It's the most tedious, 
ridiculous thing I've ever had to deal with. And there's no way to pass time. So most of the time what I would do is I would sit there and wait and go watch something on YouTube while this was going on. The way that they try and mitigate this in the game is this is one of the first games with collectibles and games within games. All right. So they have little, you know, those little bobble machines you put like 50 cents and you get like a little toy out of it, like from the grocery store. So they have those throughout the entire game. And a lot of those bobbles have to do with like old Sega games, like Virtua Fighter, different stuff like that, or like things in the actual game. So you can spend money that you earn because you get an allowance every day. And this is a this is a plot device created to help you waste time. Like you get an allowance every day from your mother, Inesan, and she gives you that money and she says you can spend it all you want. The whole point of that plot device is so that you can take time in order to make the time scene go to buy fat go by faster. So you can buy bobbles, you can go buy a soda, right? However, Soda has nothing to do with your characters. Just just go buy a soda. You can go buy food. Food has nothing to do with how you develop it. You don't need food to survive. It's just it helps pass the time by eating the food. Or you can go to an arcade and play games in the arcade. The games in the arcade, there's like a little uh, shoot-em-up like, uh, arcade game that's kind of like Galaga, but it's a Sega version. They're all Sega games is what they were, old Sega games. There was a, uh, like a, a motorcycle game. There's like a dragon shooter game, and then there's some QTE practicing games. There's also the best game in the game. The, the I wish there was just a game about this, a dart game, where you can play with darts, and then you can kind of like win stuff. And if you do really high on these games, the guy at the store will give you a little bot, will give you like a little toy that's like those bobble things. So that stuff is created in this game solely for the fact that they know you're going to have to wait 30, 40 minutes between events so go waste time at the arcade. So that's why that was put in. And that I have a tremendous problem with now since it's 2019. When I was a little kid, I tried my best to collect all the bobbles. It was great. I was trying my best to get every single virtual fighter. You can get like gold ones. But like now I just don't care. I just want to get to the storyline. I'm constantly stinted by this stupid mechanic that you can't push through. Anyways. The story of the game is real simple and short. You're a guy, Ryo, who has a father who runs a dojo. And his father is in, is uh, met by a Chinese uh, triad gangster. And the gangster kills him. And your job is to go avenge your father. The man was after Ryo's father because he held a mirror. A special mirror that is rumored to bring out the apocalypse of the world. And so there's two of them. He stole one of them from your father. Your father had hidden a second one. You find the second one, and your job is to try and avenge your father. So you're trying to find your way to China. As the game progresses, you uh, learn ways to kind of like figure out the mystery of what's going on. There's a few puzzles here and there to find certain things. And then in the end, it all comes down to this: the end of the game. This is the, the climax of the game. You run out of money and need to find a way to get your way to China. So you get a job as a forklift driver on the docks and you have to earn money and work with the area in order to get in with a local gang so that you can get on a boat and over to China. Meanwhile, in this gang, there is a golem style creature that's trying to kill you and fight you the whole time. So that's the whole story. That's the whole thing. It's a very simple story. I got about through 80% of the game 
when I got to the forklift part, I'm like, I remember this. I'm done. This is going to take forever. I can't take this anymore. And I had to stop. So I got to the forklift, which the forklift is about 80% through. The whole idea is you get to the forklift stuff. You eventually get in with the gang. You find the gang. You fight the gang. You beat up the little golem monster. You get on a boat and go to China. Then, in Inuyasha 2, you're in China and you're still trying to hunt down your killer your father. I played a little bit of Inuyasha 2 when I was a kid. I can't remember any of that. And apparently, Inuyasha 3 comes out August uh, 22nd. so Or 27th. So that's coming out here yeah. soon, too. And I looked at the video, and oh boy. Boy, do I know too. what's your so, future challenge is going to be. Nope. No, 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 no. It looks so bad. Um, so, for what it was at the time... In 1999, it was a brilliant game, and it, it really trailblazed a lot of the stuff that is common in a lot of games now. Uh, Time-based uh, mechanics, uh, QTE, which is a huge thing. I mean, the most recent Spider-Man is full of QTEs, and I love it, you know? Um, relationship building, simulations, and stuff like that. Games within games. This kind of started that whole thing, and it was great for the time. But playing it again... It makes me just want to slam my head against the keyboard because it's just so slow and so boring. Um, so, do I recommend it? I recommend it for people 20 years ago. I don't know if I recommend it now um, because I just don't think that it holds the same clout that it did 20 years ago. That's all it is. I loved the game when I first played it, but now since I've been spoiled... And I understand it's a it's a biased decision I'm making here, and I get the hypocriticism. I just don't care. It drove me insane. Um, so yeah, mm. that's Shenmue by Sega Studios. Is that how yeah. it's actually pronounced? Is it is it Moo or is it yeah Mew? Shenmue? That's not, okay, not Shenmue. Sure. Shenmue. I was I was curious. Never played it. Uh, never had uh, don't. A Sega in my life. Don't. But it was your brother's idea, so I went with it. Are you ready for? He your loves quiz? Dreamcast. I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised the next time you ask me to play like Soul Calibur 4 or something. We're <laughs> Virtua Fighter. Uh, yeah, okay, so on the bright side, you got one of the questions right already. So I say there is a mini, mini collectible game uh, within the larger open world game, so please describe it. And yes, you are correct. You gain capsules from various gumball machines within which are miniatures of Sega video game characters, much like Sonic or Knuckles or anything like that. So you got that correct. So that's that's one. Good job. Look at you. All Already right. off All right. to a I'm good start. It. Okay. Question number two. Uh, what video game genre does Shenmue belong to? So there's such things as MOBAs and RPGs and FPSs. So what is its acronym? Uh, I thought this was a life simulator. That's what I thought it was. So life and social simulator is what it was from what, everything I looked at. All right, that is incorrect. The correct answer is it's a free. So according oh, to oh yeah, I, I wrote that down. <laughs> no, let me oh, let me get half credit. Too late. Let me, too late. I, let me too late. No, it's too late, late, buddy. Full, full reactive full eyes reactive entertainment. Eyes entertainment. Nope. Oh man, I even wrote that down. I forgot to that's mention it. That's a shame it. you didn't mention it because oh, that's man. the correct answer. Sorry, buddy. It's right here on my paper. Sorry, I've had plenty of questions where I've had it in my notes. Take a picture and send it to you. Yeah, take a picture and send it to you. I believe it's in your notes. But being points. in your notes and being something you oh, verbally say man. out loud in response to a question or two entirely different things. Literally sir. looked that up. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame. Okay. Piece of crap. What's the name of the gang that runs the harbor? It's the Mad. Oh no. The Mad. 
oh, the Mad Dogs, something, Mad something. I will give you half credit because Mad half. is correct. It is the Mad Angels. Oh, Mad man. Angels. That's half credit. Okay. So you're at 1.5 through right. three questions. Okay. What is on top of Ryu's TV in his home? What is on top Whoa. of his TV Whoa. in his home? That is an idea. Oh, boy. In his room? What is on top? Uh, I'm not really sure. I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos to get these questions. <laughs> uh, so it's in his home, and it's on top of his TV. Literally right on top uh, of his TV. Was it a virtual Fighter bobble thing? That is incorrect. Unfortunately, it is a Sega Saturn. There's a Sega Saturn that. console on there, top of like his TV. He has like virtual fighter posters all over his room. Yeah. And... It makes no sense because the game's set in 1986, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's like it's 1986 that Sega Saturn there somehow. Yeah. He'd be lucky if he had like an Atari. Yeah. Okay, so another question. Question number five. Two more to go. So question Also, number five. A, really, a really funny detail of the game is all over the place, they have like Sega-themed uh, like products. And one of which mm-hmm. is in this is in like a, a convenience store. It's like Sega chocolate bars, and it's just some random businessman pointing at you. It's really weird. I, it's really strange. <laughs> okay, it's strange. All right. So the game. What's the name of the game again? Shedman. What does that mean? Oh boy! Now we're really separating them from the boys here. <laughs> it means uh, pure Pick-a-pick. torture for my brother to me. I can't remember. Oh, that's incorrect. It means holy tree. Holy tree. And question. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And question. I told you. I just watched some YouTube videos. Question (laughs) number six. Who is the coolest character in the game? Well, there's a lot of thoughts there. But I'd have to say it's the, the Rastafarian hot dog vendor guy. Is it him? And his, her name is? Oh, um, man, I forget. Is it Tom? I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The correct answer is Cool Z, who was a member of the Heavens Gang, and Cool is right there in his name. It's cool. Wait, is, this, cool is he the Z. guy with, like, the, the pompadour? I don't know, man. He's got, like, a freaking leather vest on, and he carries, like, a boombox and stuff. Yeah. His name is Cool All Z. Right, it's probably that. The one I like is he's, like, the hot dog vendor. He's, like, the only black guy in the game that he just sits out in front of his hot dog vending area and just dances that's all he does he's like so hey dis- rio <laughs> so despite your excellent start oh man getting a question right before i even started asking them and despite you really. actually having the notes for one answer sure, look, and at my notes getting once. half credit for another answer you still end up with only a 1.5 out of six sir you know what? 1.5 uh, out of 6. This wasn't really about the quiz. It was about making a point that this game sucks and I hate my brother. So that's okay. all that really matters. Well, you know, there's that. All right, my turn. So Justin uh, assigned me a movie up on Hulu uh, to watch called A Tragedy Girls, uh, which is a 2017 horror comedy. It is directed by Tyler McIntyre and is written by both McIntyre and another person by the name of Chris Lee Hill. Uh, now, it stars Alexandra Ship and Brianna Hildebrand as Michaela and Sadie, respectively. And uh, they are both high school seniors uh, in this Midwestern town called Rosedale who are trying to run a true, uh, true crime blog. Uh, and their crime blog is called Tragedy Girls. 
And this is set in modern day. It's very heavy social media frenzy. Uh, that's kind of the themes going on. And they are trying to build their blog and build their online presence and their name, etc. They are so desperate to do this that they capture a serial killer uh, named Lowell Orson Lehman, uh, who is played by uh, Kevin Duran, who played Kimi on Lost. So he was instantly my favorite character. Uh, and so they, they kidnap him in the beginning after baiting him into killing like one of their teenage high school friends or something like that. And uh, they try to get him to sort of teach them their ways. Uh, and then they decide out of frustration that they're just going to kill, do the murders themselves and then pin the murders on uh, uh, on Lowell. And that's that. So they start killing people. Uh, and, so, and then like they follow it on, you know, on their blog and they write about it on their blog. Now, they kill a couple different people. Uh, two uh, of note are Josh Hutcherson. Uh, so if you know who Josh Hutcherson is uh, of... Uh, of what's it called? Uh, a future man. Uh, that's that's where I remember him from. Uh, he was Josh Futterman there, uh, but he was also that really, uh, really. What's that? What's that name of that one? Uh, the catch uh, with the uh, with Jennifer Lawrence. You know what I mean? I'm being an old man right now. Played, his name was Peta in the Hunger Games. <laughs> Hunger, Hunger Games. Games that's what we're looking for. Wow, that was terrible. So they kill him, uh, which is pretty funny because like he's got a motorcycle and he's being kind of a. A twat himself. Uh, they also killed Craig Robertson. Uh, excuse me, Craig Robertson uh, from uh, from a lot of different things. Uh, he originally big time fame from The Office. Uh, he also uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine uh, re- re- recurring character uh, and just absolutely hilarious guy. Uh, so they kill him because he's like a volunteer firefighter who who kind of steals their thunder at one point uh, when they're announcing and, and expressing their sadness and remorse and wanting to f- catch the killer uh, to help with like, you know, to help remember their their friend who they had killed. Uh, and he sort of like took the spotlight. So they kill him, too. Uh, and so they go on this killing spree. Now, all the while on this killing spree, they've they've had a friend of theirs um, who has been doing like the video editing for them. Uh, and so that's uh, Jordan Welch, who is played by Jack Quaid. Now, Jordan is the son of the sheriff who is trying to hunt down this serial killer or spree killer, I think, because they kind of talk about the difference between the two. Uh, and he has a crush on Sadie and kind of comes between the two of them. Uh, and then Lowell, who has been kept, the, the serial killer, has been kept imprisoned in some sort of uh, some sort of silo, some sort of rundown silo in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and he um, he is like trying to put a wedge between Michaela and Sadie as well. And so he's kind of pushing Michaela away, saying, Michaela, Sadie's going to turn on you, et cetera, et cetera. So over the course of the movie, they kill some people uh, in increasingly stupid ways. And then they get really popular because they predicted that it was a spree killer and they predicted this and that. And the cops were trying to downplay it at first. Uh, at one point, uh, Lowell gets loose and tries to kill uh, both uh, both Sadie and Jordan, but uh, despite Jordan taking a really bad knife wound or machete wound to his arm, Sadie manages to save him, which put, endears him to the sheriff. And then there's like a little bit of time where it looks like Sadie's turned a corner and she's trying to do right. And so her and Michaela split. Uh, then prom's coming up. And so with prom coming up, Michaela kind of pissed off that Sadie has now gone gone full over to be boyfriend girlfriend with Jordan and is kind of departed from their sadistic ways she fully aligns with Lowell at this point and they plan some crazy big scheme at the uh 
at the prom where they're going to essentially kill everybody. And so that's exactly what happens. So she goes there and she uh, she kills one of the teachers uh, in, in you know hilarious way uh, and then plots to get everyone trapped inside of the gymnasium and then set fire to the place and burn them all alive, which is exactly what happens. But prior to doing so, Michaela and Sadie actually manage to... Uh, they, they 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 come together once again. So Sadie sees the error of her ways. She realizes that Jordan uh, doesn't really know her at all, and the only person who really knows her in her psychopathic ways is her best friend Michaela. And so at the last minute, um, when it looks like Lowell's about to kill both Jordan and Sadie, uh, Michaela shoots him, uh, and then Sadie realizes the error of her ways, and then she kills Jordan, uh, her boyfriend and the son of the sheriff. And uh, then the two of them wear these creepy masks and they lock uh, or chain up the uh, the gymnasium door and they set fire to the place. And they're like some of the only people who survived uh, this. And at the end, they're being interviewed, et cetera, et cetera. And then we flash forward a little bit at the very end of the movie uh, to where they are going off to college and their parents uh, are none the wiser. No one's the wiser. Uh, and they've got book deals. They've been doing TV interviews and no one really knows that all along it's been them this whole time. Uh, and everyone thinks it was just uh, it was just Kimi or uh, Lowell, I should say, uh, and that they were able to successfully pin it on that uh, that that serial killer. So what do I think of it? Um, on the surface, this seems like the type of movie that's somewhat in my uh, in my wheelhouse because it's horror comedy. I love horror movies. I'm a big horror movie fan. I definitely like it when there's a mixture of horror and comedy. I'm a big fan of mixtures of vastly different things on the spectrum. So I like it when comedy and horror are mixed. I like it when tragedy and, and horror or tragedy and comedy are mixed. I like those types of things. I think the contrast in movies creates more interesting combinations of things. But overall, I actually didn't really like this movie all that much. Um, it was okay. It was fine. Like, But to me, it was it sort of fell flat. Uh, I felt like it was kind of shallow in a way. And I felt like the movie often was trying to say more and more and more about like the effect of social media on people and what's doing to our lives and stuff. But honestly, it felt like a seventh grader writing an essay and it really didn't feel like it had a whole lot of depth to it. Um, and like the, the, the basic, the basic concept was pretty clear from the get go and it was never really explored. Uh, but beyond that, the characters, we don't really know a whole lot about anyway. They never really explore them in any great depth, which might particularly say they don't have any depth, but I don't know. I just, it never quite hit with me. Um, I didn't think it was particularly funny. Like there were some chuckle worthy moments here and there. Um, but overall, I don't think it was like calling it a comedy is, I don't know. Like it didn't really have a whole lot of funny moments where I felt like I laughed a lot. Um, there were certainly horror moments uh, where people are being uh, cut up. Uh, so one of their, um, one of their contemporaries, one of their like a, a lower classman who has been pushing them. She's like the the captain of the cheerleader squad, and she's sort of pushing them on the on the prom council and stuff like that. They decide to kill her and take her out, uh, and they do so while she's in shop. And so obviously they use things like table saws and whatnot to cut her to pieces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I don't know, like maybe I'm just desensitized at this point where I don't find uh, like a person who's getting accidentally caught up in some sort of chain and then their head getting you know, cut with a, a table saw blade. I mean, there was a time in my life when I would probably have found that funny. And I'm not even trying to suggest like, hey, they shouldn't do that kind of violent stuff. I'm totally fine with that. I just, I don't know. I just didn't find it that funny. I just felt like, I don't know. I just, it didn't really land for me. So there was something about that movie that this movie that really just didn't, uh, just didn't click. Uh, and 
it, it was one of those situations where everyone was stupid, you know, and I felt like their behavior was very clearly suspicious. I felt like their behavior and what they were doing was very clearly suspicious. They were like the movie was trying to tell us how smart they were about planning these crimes yet all the time that they were very clearly dropping hairs and DNA all over different scene crime scenes and stuff like that, where it felt like it would easily have been caught like at a certain point, like some halfway decent uh, medical examiner or some sort of uh, some sort of crime lab would have picked up on certain things. Uh, no one asked any strange questions why they were at certain, you know, where they found certain people dead or where they had certain videos. Like, no one really asked any questions about that. I don't know. There's a certain point where I felt like you really had uh, to just accept the fact that it, it just there were logical inconsistencies. And yeah, but it was it was fine. Like, I, I, I it's fine. Like, I think it's sitting around a 60 percent on like Metacritic right now, which I think is probably about right. Uh, I definitely don't think it's a bad movie. Uh, I think some people might like it more than me. Uh, but overall it just, I don't know. It felt like there, it felt like it was just missing something. It was just, it wasn't funny enough, you know, like I didn't feel like it had the humor and I didn't feel like it's for it to just be sort of a wacky, silly comedy horror, but I also didn't think it was really saying anything all that great or all that new or all that revelatory. So if I'm going to watch like a teenage sort of murder comedy or teenage murder movie, you know, I think I'd rather go back to like Heather's, you know, with, you know, Christian Slater and with Winona Ryder, or I'd rather watch Carrie, you know, it, it just didn't feel like this, this had enough to really do anything all that different. So it felt like a, a poorer man's, what is it? Tucker and Carl versus evil. Is that what that's called? Well, yeah, but that's like the inverse. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, yeah, but, yeah but like, it's kind of like the same idea. Like they're kind of making light of the slasher mentality type of thing. Right. But I think they did a way better, better job of it and a way better like execution of jokes and stuff like that mm-hmm. plus it had alan tudyk in it so it's that's always great too so and tyler labine right this is his name so like yeah, yeah. yeah i mean i i agree i just don't think it, i don't think they pushed the funny enough um they definitely had the gore but like i don't know like i don't know if that was enough i felt like there needed to be more on top of it and like there were jokes that i just don't think landed i don't think anyone was bad like i don't i want i don't want to like pinpoint any particular actor or character that I felt like, oh, they really brought the movie down. Cause I don't really think that's the case. It just, I don't know. It just felt like it just, it was okay, but not good enough. You know, it just, I didn't, didn't feel good enough. So I, I, I give it like, if you're really into horror movies, like if you really like horror movies or horror comedies, like you, then you should probably definitely watch it. Cause I think there might be something to it, but I don't know if you're just, if you're kind of tired of them or if you're looking for something a little bit different or if you're looking for something that is really got something interesting to stay I, I don't think this movie's it like i just don't i just yeah i think it, it could have definitely been better is what i'm saying but it's okay all right so you ready for your quiz then probably not Good. but go ahead all right so beginning of the movie they're talking about you already mentioned kind of uh the difference between a serial killer and a uh, killing spree and there's two people that they use to you know equate them like a as like kind of like a allegory for both what two killers do they use to describe a serial killer versus a killing spree? Spree versus, um, I mean, they mentioned a couple throughout the movie, actually. So they, uh, I think there was like John Wayne. Ge- it was during that that uh, there's almost like an animated thing that they were doing, like they explain right. what they're doing and what's going on. Yeah, I thought there was more than one that they mentioned. Uh, was it like John Wayne Gacy? I think was he mentioned John Wayne Gacy at one point, um, but I don't remember the second because the second name I didn't recognize. I only I only recognize one of the names. I want to say John Wayne Gacy, but I'm not I'm not positive. So the difference between a serial killer and a killing spree is the difference between Jeffrey Dahmer, 
okay, and Sparkweller yeah, yeah. was Sparkweller was the other guy who was just you guys went on a killing spree. Wasn't John so Wayne Gacy mentioned at some point in the movie? I don't remember John Wayne Gacy really mentioned at all. So the problem is, is that I've, I I was watching this at the same time I was uh, marathoning through Slasher third season Slasher Solstice, and so I have like I think the two of them are like blending together. So maybe it was in the other one. Okay, what's next? All right, so next one. Exactly how do they object uh, to canceling prom? So they say, I object to canceling prom. Because they're talking about they're going to cancel prom in order to honor uh, Hutchinson's character. And, you know, because he's like the third person that's died recently. And he's one of the people that was popular at the school. So they said, instead of doing prom, let's cancel. Just have a moral service for them. And both Sadie and Michaela both... Uh, object in a specific way, which I thought was funny. So how did they object to the thing? Like they, they, there's an adjective that they use to describe how they object. Uh, I have no idea. Michaela says it really dumb the second time. That's why I thought it was funny. Mm, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't think the jokes landed. So I, I don't know. So Sadie objected vehemently, right? And then uh, so did Michaela. And she said it wrong the second time. So the adjective used was, I object vehemently. So that was the uh, the, the, the way they objected. Okay. So I thought it was a funny moment. Sounds hilarious. It really does. Yeah. Just hit with me, I guess. <laughs> I thought English humor is hilarious. Anyways, number three. What was the name of the Elvis frog that was a little tchotchke that Jordan had in his room? Do you remember the name that he called his frog? His little Frog Chachki that they mentioned in the room. Uh, it's like a uh, hound frog. Like you ain't nothing but a hound frog, something like that. I'll, absolutely. Yeah. Ain't nothing but a hound frog, Frog Chachki. All right. All right. Next question. It has also to do with Jordan. How does a 30 year old still go to high school? So that's my question there. And uh, on top of that, how do they also let this 30 year old run their blog? So could you explain to me how a 30 year old <laughs> is still in high school? So this guy is nowhere near 18. So Jack uh, Quaid is 27. Uh, <laughs> I knew I was close. Yeah, so he's, I knew I was he's close. 27. Uh, so how do they? Well, first of all, okay, here a couple things. So there's two things that I can. One, one I'm going to say is funny, and one is sort of tragic. His okay. his mother was murdered uh, by Sadie and Michaela uh, many years prior when she was giving them a ride home. Um, and they just decided to strangle her while in a car and it caused a car accident, which killed her. So he has been dealing with that tragedy his whole life, which has, which has clearly interfered with his scholastic achievement. It's clearly okay. right. interfered with his emotional development and surprisingly his physical development because, you know, he's, he's a fairly young guy. So, so he's been held, he's been held back 10 years. He's been right? held back. So that's one thing. And number two, he's clearly a dumbass because he doesn't recognize these two people that keep giving him all sorts of information and acting really strange and have blood on their shoes and stuff like that are clearly killers. And he, he's too stupid to realize. So clearly he's very, very dumb. Uh, and so between the emotional stunting uh, and just the actual trauma that he went through and his just intellectual incapacity, uh, he was held back that many times. There you go. That's that's what I think. Well, we're going to have to talk about how we're going to score this because he- here's the reason that really happens. So his father owns a really, really uh, wealthy corporation, and he's going to pass away soon. And then when he does pass away, he's going to leave the corporation to him, but he must first pass high school. So he has to go back all the way through all the classes he went through 
starting right. at kindergarten to prove I get it. You're doing the Billy Madison it. thing. I get that. Yeah. But he Billy Madison his way but back. But his to high father is so. very clearly established in the show as no, the no, no. Sheriff. That's the guy. That's his guardian. No, that's it's his, his it's his it's his father. So I, I don't know, man. He got Billy Madison. I, that's what that was my answer. So I don't think that's the correct answer. It's very clearly explained that his father is the sheriff. You know what? I'll I'll say that yours is acceptable, uh, right. even though I think. I do truly think that Billy Madison in your way back there is very plausible as well. So uh, I'll, I'll give you a full point. You can take the full Thank point. You. However, Thank you. Uh, him Billy Madison, uh, I mean, it happens a lot all the time. So I, I just thought that would maybe. Clear. I mean, I did it. So, you know, I mean, that's that's how I got tenure. That's the only way that you get tenure when you're a professor. Is and like that moment in the back. movie where he's like, stop looking at me, Swan. I thought that was pretty obvious that that was him Billy Madison, but I guess not. Anyways, um, what was the best death? that you think uh best death um i would say uh i really liked the craig roberts death i agree so you get the 100 cents yeah <laughs> so that's funny. the one i like too that was my it's, favorite part it's horrifyingly gross <laughs> but it's also really good because he like he fights back and i love craig robinson because he plays uh judy on uh yeah. brooklyn nine yeah one of the best characters Nine-Nine. in brooklyn Nine-Nine ever yeah that's just so good i'm glad you suggested that uh, but yeah craig robinson his death so his great. death so he's he's working out in a gym okay and michaela shows up and tries to poison him with water but he doesn't want to drink the water because uh, he keeps getting distracted but then uh sadie is 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 comes comes in because she's because apparently uh jordan's coming over to her house and so she's got to get this the show on the road right and so she comes in and interferes and there's like a little fight scene that happens and so craig robinson falls down onto the onto the, the bench for bench pressing and uh i think i can't remember which one of them but either michaela or sadie comes up and takes out the like the stopping screw that keeps the bar in place and so the entire crossbar of this heavy uh, like this, this heavy, uh, what's it called? Barbell? Yeah, this heavy barbell just falls down in his head and just like rips half his head off. <laughs> so funny. It's, it's my favorite part. Gross, I think it's my favorite part. All right. So looking at that, you got, say, number one wrong, number two wrong, number three, uh, absolutely right, 100%. So you got three out of five. So there you go. Nice. Uh, and that, nice. that Craig Robinson one was my exact answer, too. So it's good. I, obviously, because he's, he's Judy. Anyways, so yeah, uh, there you go. Okay, and you got one point five out of out of six. So, uh, yeah, you're you're bad. Uh, okay, you ready for new challenges? I guess yeah. New challenges. I'm right, I'm right. Uh, so I got one for you. I got a comic for you uh, okay, that I want you okay. to read. Uh, it's called House Amok. Uh, it's by uh, Christopher Sebola, and it's uh, from Black Crown Comics. Uh, so you can get it on Comicsology Unlimited uh, right now. So I just started reading All it, right. and I'm going to want to talk about it next week. And so I figure I'm going to challenge you to read it as well. Uh, so House Amok, A M O K. All right, so I got one for you, and it's going to require something from me. Uh, the first episode of Swamp Thing comes out this week, so I'm going to give you my yeah. DCU stuff. I'd like you to watch Swamp Thing on Friday. It's May 31st when it comes out, and the same idea. I'm going to watch it. I'd like to talk about it, too. Cool. So sounds, sounds, you're going to watch the first episode of Swamp Thing on DCU. Uh, you know what else comes out this week? Uh, 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 what's it called? Uh, Good Omens on Amazon. So excited for that. Oh my god, drops later this week. Oh, that's with uh the doctor and the yeah, David uh, Tennant the, and Michael Sheen. Oh my god, such they, good cast. And they played they played opposite each other in the the tenth season too, which I thought was weird. But now in mm-hmm. this in this iteration, 
it's backwards because now it's like David Tennant's the bad guy and the other guy is the good guy, which I thought was Well, Aziraphale's not like a bad guy or anything. Crowley's not a bad guy. Now that we're bad guys, they're both trying to stop. That's the whole point. Like Crowley is a yeah, he's a demon, but he's trying to stop the end of the world because he kind of likes living on Earth and Aziraphale's the same thing, you know? So not everyone really bad, you know? Anyway, uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. It's one of my favorite books. Uh, all right, so we've got uh, Swamp Thing for me. We've got House of Muck for you. We'll talk about both of them next week. Sounds good. So let's close this episode down. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can catch us up on Twitter at LollyGaggerCo. That's where I'm at, uh, L-O-L-L-Y-G-A-G-G-E-R-C-O. And Justin's at JD Bites. Uh, so if you have any ideas for what we can challenge each other on over the course of the next couple of months, uh, hop up there, give us an idea or two. Uh, Justin's trying to stream a little bit here and there. Uh, now that he's got some of his, uh, he's having some technical difficulties, but it's, it's, things seem to be corrected, so you might be able to find him. Twitch.tv slash Jehufa. Uh, Justin, to end the episode right, uh, you, you, sir, spent a lot of time in the weight room, uh, not working out, but watching uh, teenagers work out. So, All right. <laughs> so, I know that's not strange, but he's a high school football coach, so it's okay. Uh, and you saw Craig Robertson. Uh, he, he had a horrible death. I would like you to invent yet another way, horrible way, somebody in a weight room could die. All right. So uh, they go into one of those Nautilus machines that's meant to like make your knees. It's like a it's a it's a it's a quad press or hamstring press where you like curl your legs down, try and uh, make your hamstrings flex. But instead, it folds you in half like a lawn chair. And then no one's ever gonna come save you because no one goes over to his machines and only I go there because I have back problems. So you just die more from starvation than anything.